You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. You know, in mentioning about Israel or, or Egypt, because of God's people, <laughs> you know, they were emaciated because Pharaoh was so stubborn and he wouldn't let them go. Um, their crops were destroyed. Their water system was uh, ramshacked and polluted. Their future, their firstborns were, uh, were dead. And so the, the last thing was left was their military might that they had. And so God, this, this is what they're holding on to because they know that this is where their force is. This is where their might is. And uh, they're going back to get their workforce because they realize they're going to have to make bricks now. And so, um, so they're running after them in the same place, like I said earlier, where God delivered his people. It was the defeat of the enemy. You know, our perspective and how we look at things uh, means a lot. You know, in uh, Psalm 2, <clears throat> 4, it says, He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh, and the Lord shall have them in derision. Uh, or laughing to scorn. Why is he laughing? Because he knows something. He knows the outcome of this deal, right? And that's why he's laughing. And, you know, it says that we're seated together with him and we ought to be laughing too. In the New Living Translation, it says this, um, but the one who rules in heaven laughs and the Lord scoffs at them. So Egypt was totally a ransacked nation and... uh, And so God was taking care of them. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 16. 1 Corinthians 16. You know, Travis in, in his um, uh, receiving the offering tonight was talking about doors. And you know, when you're going into a new phase, or into a new position or a new realm or a new area, uh, there are doors. There, there are things that are ahead of you um, that God has prepared and all of that. But there's opposition there. A few years ago, uh, Dr. Mary Frances uh, came. And in the same month, I'm thinking it was, that uh, Michelle Gruenwald came. And both of them talked about doors, not knowing that the other one did. And they talked about doors ahead of us for our pastors, for this church, uh, doors into the nations, doors into NASA, doors into unbelievers, doors into believers, into the government, into uh, the state of Alabama, into, uh, and there were several different things that they talked about, doors that would be opening for us. And uh, so in 1 Corinthians 16, 9, It says, for a great and ineffectual door is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. Meaning that there's much opposition to get through those doors. It says a great and effectual door, meaning that once you get through that door, it's going to cause an effect. And so what he wants to do is keep you on this side of those doors, out of those doors, so that you don't affect what's on the other side of those doors. 
And so if we have doors into the nations, if we have doors into NASA, if we have doors into the state of Alabama, if we have doors into believers, unbelievers, the harvest, what is that going to do? That means that once we go through those doors, we're going to affect the lives of people. We're going to affect the economy. We're going to affect change. We're going to affect people's bodies. And so what the enemy wants to do is keep us on this side of that door. And Paul is letting them know there's adversaries that are there. Meaning there's things that are opposing you. Hallelujah. And it's going to affect you going through, us going through those doors is going to affect everything. So he's trying to stop the effect. He's trying to stop what God is doing. But adversaries are at the door and we're not afraid of the adversaries and we're not doing anything in arrogance either. God has a way to get through those doors. Amen. And one of those ways where we just got done doing, rejoicing in the presence of the Lord, showing thanksgiving. Hallelujah. And so sometimes, uh, there was a few years ago, and I think we were still over at the A-frame, and uh, uh, Jim uh, Quillen got up and he talked about how that Chuck Yeager, when he was going through uh, breaking the sound barrier, you guys remember that? Uh, he was breaking the sound barrier. And when he was doing that, it said that his plane was literally feeling like it was shaking apart. Until he hit whatever mock number that was. And then he said when he got to the other side, it was smooth sailing. But on this side of it, it everything was <laughs> shaking what to keep him or to have him give up before he gets on the other side of that. What if he hadn't pushed through? We wouldn't have aviation the way that we have it today. And there were others that tried to do what he did and died. You know, their lives were sacrificed for that. But there's an effect that God is wanting us to have on the other side of those doors. And look, I don't want you to get shaky because symptoms show up again. I don't want you to get shaky because something shows up in your life that you thought you were delivered from. What the enemy wants you to do is to look at the symptoms. He wants you to look at those things that uh, could shake you. And keep you from your purpose. Pastor Robert just preached on that this past Sunday. God had brought you, this is one of the other sermons, God's brought you here to this kingdom for such a time as this. And if he can rattle you and keep you from going through, you want to accomplish what God wants you to accomplish for your family, for what your purpose is in the earth, what you're supposed to do here and, and affect the, the kingdom of God through this church. And so don't let Seeing the Egyptians, meaning the enemies that show up in your life, don't let them affect you. Amen. And sometimes you have to ignore. <laughs> Hallelujah. Brother Hagen, uh, he talked about years ago and uh, he was having, feeling something in his body and he said um, that um, he was having symptoms and his hands were shaking and the enemy said to him, see, you're not healed because your, your hands are shaking. He looked down and sure enough, his hands were shaking. He said, but my spirit is not shaking. As long as your spirit is not shaking, your body could be screaming all kinds of things. But he has to get in line with the will and the purpose of God. Amen. 
Hallelujah. We're going somewhere. Amen. We're going somewhere to affect things for the kingdom of God. So don't be over impressed with your feelings. Don't be over impressed with the enemy as he's, he, it says he goes around as a roaring lion. Not that he is one. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Smith Wigglesworth used to say, I'm not moved by what I see or feel. I'm only moved by what I believe. Hallelujah. And that is an action of the heart. You, you put your stake in and I am not moving. Glory to God. Ephesians 1, 17. And I don't know that I'm going to read the whole thing there, but, uh, let's go to verse 20. Uh, no, let's go ahead and read it. <laughs> that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what his, the riches of his glory and inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. And we're going to stop there for just a second. Anybody been sensing any kind of power happening around here lately? Anybody been sensing a momentum of the presence and power of God around here lately? Hallelujah, his exceeding greatness. And it's to usward, glory to God, who believe according to the working of his mighty power. And when that power is in display and when that power is operating, there is opposition to that power. Because again, it's bringing an effect. It's affecting things. So whatever he can do to stop it, but it says, which he wrought in Christ, <laughs> which he wrought in the anointing, when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Yes. Have put all things under his feet. Yes. Where's the feet? It's in the body. So all things are under your feet. Amen. We used to sing this song in Charismata. Charismata. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. Now my victory is complete. Jesus spoke principalities, made a show of them openly. They're under my feet. They're under my feet. Glory to God. So we're the body and the feet is in the body. So he's under our feet. So he had put all things under his feet, our feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. In Ephesians 2, verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By his grace, you are saved. He hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Far above. He's a defeated foe. Far above. Hallelujah. He's far. We're far above. Glory to God. Glory to God. So the devil is going to oppose what we're affecting or what we're going to affect and he's going to oppose it with a fight. But we're not afraid of a fight because we have a conquering king on our side. Amen. Hallelujah. He lives on the inside of you. 
And if the devil had known, Colossians tells, that if he had known, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Hallelujah. He would not crucify the Lord of glory. So when he thought that he had won by crucifying Jesus, what he, uh, what he thought he had victory in became redemption's launching pad. <laughs> He's there. I, every time I think about that scripture, I see Carmen. Y'all remember Carmen? And he sings that song about, you know, <laughs> going in the hell and they wake it up and the demon's going, no, no, he's trembling, you know, and all of that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He raised us up together with him. So where they thought Jesus' demise was, just like the Egyptians thought, the Red Sea was the, uh, the Hebrews' demise. But it's where their victory was wrought and where the enemy was defeated. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's see here where we're going to go. 2 Corinthians 11. Let's go there. Travis, right there on that seat, there's a towel there, tissue. Can you bring that to me? I've gotten upside, excited up here and I'm sweating. Second <laughs> Corinthians 11, verse 23. And I'm reading it out of the Amplified. It says, are they ministry uh, servants of Christ, the Messiah? I am talking like one besides him, but I am more and far more extensive and abundant in labors. This is Paul talking. He says far more imprisonment. So he's given descriptions of things that he's gone through in his life here. He says far more imprisonments beaten, beaten with countless stripes, frequently at the point of death. Five times I received from the hands of the Jews, 40 lashes, all but one. Three times I have been beaten with rod. Once I was stoned. Three times I have been aboard a shipwreck at sea. A whole night and a day I have spent adrift on the deep. Many times, of, uh, many times on journeys exposed to perils from uh, rivers, perils from bandits, perils from my own nation. So his own people, <laughs> he's saying, perils from the Gentiles, unbelievers, perils in the city, perils in the desert places, perils in the sea, perils from those opposed as believers. Uh, but destitute of Christian knowledge and piety, in toil and in hardship, watching often, sleeping through, uh, through sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, frequently driven by uh, fasting and want, and in cold and in exposure and a lack of clothing. Just because you feel doesn't mean that you're not in faith. Let's go to 2 Corinthians uh, four verse eight, and I'm reading it out of the Amplified. So that's a pretty good description. I don't know that I went through any of those perils today. I haven't been experiencing some of those perils here lately. But Paul is talking about you know what uh, what was opposing him. Now he had a great mystery of Christ in the church that he was trying to get out, that he was trying to uh, to deliver. And so why that's why all of this opposition, that's why all these things are coming against him. So Second Corinthians four verse eight. We are hedged and pressed on every side, troubled and oppressed in every way, but not, cramp, uh, but not cramped or crushed. 
We suffer embarrassments and we're perplexed and unable to find a way out, but not driven to despair. We are pursued, persecuted, and hard-driven, but not deserted to stand alone. We are struck down to the ground, but never struck out and destroyed. Hallelujah. And then he says, uh, yet have, uh, verse 13, yet we have the same spirit of faith. He can say all that. And he says, well, we have the same spirit of faith as he has wrote it. I have believed and therefore I have spoken. We do believe and we therefore speak. Isn't that a double dog dare you kind of sound in that? Doesn't it sound that way? So no matter what's opposing you, you keep doing what you've been doing. No matter what comes at you, you keep speaking what you've been speaking. You just stand. You worship like you've been worshiping. You give thanksgiving the way you've been giving thanksgiving. Because what it's trying to do is get your attention on the symptoms. Get your attention on what's wrong so you can forsake the effect that you're going to have on the other side. Amen. They who observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. And so all it is, even though you feel <laughs> like the minister, I feel it in my body. I, my hands are shaking, but I'm not shaken. My spirit is not shaken. Hallelujah. We're not shaken. Hallelujah. We're not changing our position. We're not changing what we believe, Father, if, because we're going to have an effect on the other side of that door. So just keep saying, just keep doing what God's telling you to do. And we're going to get there. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So <clears throat> Paul says, we are hedged and pressed on every side, troubled or pressed in every way, but not cramped or crushed, not suffering embarrassments and perplexed, unable to find our way out, but not uh, driven to despair. We are pursued, persecuted and hard driven, but not deserted or stand alone. We are struck down to the ground, but neither, but never struck out or destroyed. In verse 16, therefore we do not become discouraged utterly spiritless, exhausted, and weary through, uh, through fear. Anybody been uh, resisting fear in the last 18 months or so? The effects or the weariness of fear? He says, though our outer man is progressively decaying and wasting away, yet our inner man is being progressively renewed day by day. And then get this. For our light momentary affliction. The King James says, it's this light affliction. Did you hear all those things that I read about him? <laughs> perplex, 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 perplex. But he says, our light momentary affliction, this slight distress of the passing hour, this too shall pass. Hallelujah. <laughs> This light affliction, which is a but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding weight of glory. So what the enemy is trying to press on you, Paul is saying here, you just like they thought that uh, uh, Jesus' death was his demise, but it became redemption's launching pad. What he is saying right here is this light affliction, it's working something for us. Amen. What is when opposition comes? If, if, if you're going to get on the other side of, you're going to hold on to the promises of God. What you, what you do is you double down. You don't back up. You double down. 
You double down on the word. You double down on praying. You double down on rejoicing. You double down on giving thanksgiving. You double down on speaking the word, right? And so the enemy thinks if I can, you know, shake some leaves or bring some symptoms or cause, you know, some things that happen, they're going to back up. They're going to back down. But we are not of those that draw back. Hallelujah. We are not of them that draw back. This light affliction is working something for us. It's working. So what he does whenever he brings symptoms to you, it drives you to the word. When he brings things to you, it drives you to pray. It drives you to speak the word. It drives you to worship. A few years I was going through, years ago I was going through something and there was this song, I cannot remember that guy's name, Eddie James I think it was. He has a song called Breakthrough. And that was my mantra, man. That I, day and night, night and day, I played that song. And uh, so I went out one night, I went out into a field, uh, at, uh, you know, kind of driven in a, a solitary place. I turned it up loud, <laughs> rolled the windows down, and I just break through. <laughs> I broke through. Hallelujah. And whatever it takes for you to get louder than the symptoms, to get louder to whatever's roaring at you, to get louder at whatever's opposing you, you get louder than it. Hallelujah. And rejoice. And I'll tell you, I broke loose. I had me a good time. And then a, a car passed by me. I'm sure they were looking what is this woman doing out here dancing in the middle of the night? But I need to get some stuff off of me. Amen. Hallelujah. So whatever you have to do to do that, you do that. For our light affliction, it is for, but for a moment, but it's working for us. A far more exceeding external weight of what? Glory. Glory. The power of God, the anointing. Hallelujah. It's working for us a far more exceeding and eternal. It's lasting. It's not fleeting. It's not going to go away. It's here forever. That weight of glory is here forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Glory. All right, take, take off running myself. <laughs> Hallelujah. And in the Amplified, it says, uh, verse 16, is ever more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving for us an everlasting weight of glory beyond all measure, excess, excessively surpassing all comparisons and all calculations, whatever they're saying, you know, uh, observing the wind and what's happening in the economy and inflation and all of that is far uh, beyond all measure, excess, excessively surpassing all comparisons and all calculations, a vast and transcendent glory and blessedness never to cease. Amen. <laughs> Verse 18, since we consider and look not at the things that are seen. So we're not looking at what we can see. I'm going to use Miss Mary for an example. I know when uh, this has been a while and she's retired now, but I knew when, when Miss Mary was working on some things, she'd be back there uh, in the back and she's dancing. And it's just like nobody else is in the room, but she and Jesus. And she just danced and she just danced and she just rejoiced. And uh, so I started learning. 
from her <laughs> and watching her. And she was getting victory on some things. So when things are staying at you and things are looking like uh, the things that are seen are staying at you and screaming at you and yelling at you, you got to have a strategy. Amen. That was her strategy was rejo- rejoicing, man. I'd be sitting in the sound booth back there and I'd see her going back and forth. Like, oh, Miss Mary's working on something. She's working on something back there. Amen. And not embarrassed about it. Don't care. Don't care if anybody saw her. Don't care if anybody said anything. She's getting hers. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. And it says, since we consider and look not at the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. Don't look at what he tells you or uh, uh, tells us to look at. For the things that are visible are temporal, brief, and fleeting. So what are we observing? The, the shaking, the, the, the Egyptians, the symptoms, the whatever it is. It says it's brief, temporal, brief and fleeting. But the things that are, in, are invisible are deathless and everlasting. Hallelujah. We're on top of the barrel. We're not under the barrel. Amen. Glory to God. Let's go to Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. We're going to wrap it up here in just a minute. Hebrews 12, where, uh, wherefore seeing we are encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Let us lay aside every symptom. Let's lay aside everything that's screaming at us. Let, every, let us wear, uh, lay aside everything that's holding us down. That the sin which does so easily beset us and so things that are in our life that are not pleasing to God, we're letting go of those things too. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto who? Jesus. And if y'all remember, uh, I think it was Pastor uh, not too long ago talked about how uh, Dr. Varallo, uh back in, I think it was August of last year in her home, Uh, the Lord uh, got her attention and he said, uh, church, all eyes on me. And so when things start shaking, things, symptoms start coming where you get your eyes back. You get your eyes looking back to him. So looking on the Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy, (laughs) for the joy who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. He endured seeing some things. He endured experiencing something, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So how did Jesus get to the other side? How did he get to that door that opened up redemption for us? For the joy that was set before him. He saw past the cross. He saw past the grave. He saw past uh, all the beatings. He saw past all of that for the joy that was set before him. Who was the joy? We were the joy that was set before him. Him accomplishing the will of the Father was the joy that 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 he was looking at. So he looked all past all of this temporal stuff to the joy that was on the other side of the door to redemption. And if he had observed all the things that were on this side, all the things that the enemy was throwing at him, there used to be a, 
a cartoon or I think it was a TV show years ago. Um, I'm dating myself. But you guys remember, uh, they talked about how Charles Atlas carried the world on his shoulders. <clears throat> Charles Atlas might have carried the world on his shoulders like that. But Jesus carried all humanity. All the while the devil throwing stuff at him all the time. But for the joy that was set before him. Hallelujah. He looked clear past the cross and focused on the joy that was on the other side. The door of redemption. Hallelujah. So any opposition that comes, it comes to block our view. It, can, it comes to, to keep our eyes off of that joy. It comes to keep our eyes off of Jesus. Because if we're looking at that thing, we're not looking at him. And that's where our answer is. Hallelujah. Let's go to James chapter 1. So Jesus was looking past. He was looking past what the enemy was trying to do to him, all the while carrying humanity. Charles Atlas might have carried a fake world, but Jesus carried all of humanity, all the while being tripped up by the devil. Y'all remember he went to the wilderness, right? And all of that was to trip him up, to keep him from redemption. James chapter one, verse two, my brethren, Count it all joy when you fall into direst temptations. Count it joy. You may not see something to be joyful about right now, but he says count it joy. Yeah. That when you fall into direst temptations, temp what kind of temptations? Temptations to give up. Temptations not to pursue. T temptations not to go after what God uh, has for you. Yeah. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith is working patience. It's working for you. It's working for you, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Amen. So it's working for you. Your joy, looking past where you are right now, what you're going through, what your family's going through, what the economy is saying, what people are saying, what they're screaming, what they're yelling, for you, the joy that's set before you. Part of the joy that's set before you is to stand before him on that day, knowing that you did everything that he wanted you to do in the earth. The purpose for which you were born was accomplished. You didn't quit. You didn't give up. You didn't lay down. And you hear that term, welcome into, uh, but that good and faithful servant, enter now into the joy of the Lord. Amen. That's what we're after. For the joy that was set before him. Hallelujah. So any opposition, you let it work for you. Don't you lay down. Don't you take it. And it, it, call, it, it wants you to quit. It wants you to give up. Hallelujah. My brethren, count it all joy. When you fall into divers temptation, knowing this, knowing something, you got to know something to get to the other side. You got to know something to get through that door. You got to know something to get past that opposition. You got to know something to cause an effect. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. God doesn't send the opposition, 
But I'm telling you, his power, his anointing, his glory, what we've been experiencing here these last few weeks, the momentum that's been happening. You know, I, he, the devil's trying to raise his ugly head, but we are going through that door. We're going to that other side. There may be adversaries that are there, but the adversaries are under our feet. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not, will not, will not prevail. You are the church, not this building. It is great that we come in here, we gather together, but you're the church. And he's building it one person at a time. Hallelujah. And we need you steady. We need you in your place to do your, your purpose and what God has put in your life to do. Hallelujah. You don't back up and you don't back down. And, and when the enemy comes roaring, you go, ha, 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 ha. Right. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. Your joy is proof that you're looking at something else than what's in the natural. Hallelujah. I don't know if you've ever, uh, this has ever happened to you, but I had a, a bully in, in um, middle school. Her name was Betty Clausell. <laughs> and so whenever, whenever the teacher, my fifth grade teacher, whenever she was Mrs. Dow, she'd leave the room. Betty Clausell came to torment me. And so she'd come and she'd pull my hair. Or she'd, you know, get up in front of the class and make fun of me and say something. And, you know, when <clears throat> it gets to a time when a sister has had enough. <laughs> and so <clears throat> Mrs. Dow got called to the office. And here comes Betty Clausell. <laughs> and so I'm just sitting there. And I'm just taking. She's just doing whatever torment she's doing. And all of a sudden... I tripped her up. She came around my desk. I tripped her up and I went after her, man. I, I, so when the enemy's coming at you, <laughs> and I grew up with brothers, so you know, I had a little fight in me. So, hallelujah. <laughs> and they get a sucker punch, and what happens? It takes the wind out to that day. We both went to the office that day. But Betty Claus in never bothered me again. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So she roared one too many times. The sister got tired. And so what we're passing through, we're going through that door. There's something of effect that we're going to have on the other side of that door. Amen. And so don't you let the enemy cause you to back up. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, when David faced Goliath, uh, you know, all of the, his brothers were there and Eliab, the older one, and he kind of mocked at him that he came and well, you, where's your little sheep, you know, that you've been watching and all of that. And uh, when they were looking at the giant, they saw a huge guy that defied them and was yelling at them. Uh, David saw a tax deduction. He's like, I'm not going to have taxes the rest of my life. I'm going to get the pretty girl. I'm going to get to live in the king's palace. And all. So it's perspective. How are you looking at it? They, he's yelling at them and they're backing down, not doing a thing. 
But David realized his covenant. He's like, uh, what do you get if you go after this guy? <laughs> right? So he gets a tax deduction, don't have to pay taxes the rest of his life. He gets the king's pretty daughter. Hallelujah. Uh, you know, gets armor, gets, you know, the kingdom is his. It didn't bother him. And he said, I'm going to cut your head off this day. What, what caused them to back up and caused them to be afraid, it was just egging him on. Hallelujah. And so he invoked his covenant and he went after that thing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's stand up. I think I'm about done. Glory. Isaiah 26, 3 says, Thou would keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him and who trusts him. So you keep your mind on him. It says in the temptation in Luke chapter 4, in the temptation that was in the wilderness, it said that Jesus returned uh, it, with the fullness of the spirit. And so in order to uh, face our enemy and well, you know, the spirit of God came on him when he even was driven out. And I don't know that I understand all that, but he was driven into the wilderness. The spirit of God came on him. And so in order to uh, weather the opposition, in order to overcome the opposition, you can't do it half full. I think it was, I think it was earlier this year. We talked about your joy, your praise being a weapon, your praise being a cure, your praise being what keeps you full up so you can, um, uh, weather storms and all of that. Paul out in the, in the, in the, uh, you know, uh, the deep again, the presence of God was there with him. And so whatever we're facing, whatever we're going through, we'll have the power of the presence of God with us. So I just encourage you, you know, these times that we have, when we're running, we're jumping, we're laying prostrate on the floor, whatever we're doing, you get in on the middle of that. Amen. Because you're coming in here to get tanked up on the inside, get full of the Holy Ghost, get full of the anointing, go out in the power of the spirit and you're affecting things out there. You are the doorway for someone else. Hallelujah. And if he causes you to back down, it causes you to withdraw, causes you to back up. Their deliverance, that person that you're coming in contact with, hallelujah, they won't have their door open up for them. Glory to God. So before we go out of here tonight, let's get full. Hallelujah. Let's get full. You know, I, and I'm tempted to have some music up here, but you know, you may not always have the praise and worship team at your house. And you have to learn how to get it on yourself. Amen. And I don't know if you're like me years ago when I first moved down here, I was, I needed a job. And, uh, and so it was right after nine 11 had happened. And, uh, and so it was tough sledding, man. I had resumes out everywhere and all that. And so the Lord told me, uh, one particular week, he said, don't go out. Don't send your resume. Don't fill out any applications. I just want you to stay home and laugh, you know, in your brain. So my friend asked me one day, she said, so how'd it go today? Did you go get up, give out your resume? Did you go out and fill out applications? I said, no, I stayed home and laughed. And for me even to start laughing, now it's just me in my apartment. <laughs> By myself, me and the Lord. And so, 
just my flesh, my soul. I was embarrassed to start laughing. So I went in the closet. <laughs> I shut the door. I turned the lights off to get over myself. And so whatever you have to do to get over yourself to get into his presence. And it wasn't very long after that that uh, a job opened up for me. You know, I say, well, I'm not going out and put applications and I'm not going to, you do what the Lord tells you to do. But that's what he was trying to get the care, me to get the care of it off of me, you know? And so you, you getting drunk, sloppy, drunk, filled with joy in the Holy Ghost gets the care of it off of you and let you get your focus where it needs to be. Amen. So ha, 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 ha. Ha 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 inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.